0: Welcome to the regular podcast from Editorial Intelligence, the media analysis and networking business. You can see all our broadcast interviews on our EITV channel on YouTube and editorialintelligence.com. Yesterday, we had a discussion about how the practicalities were working for Mobile World. Thank you so much. Were the, were the reports in? Was, you know, the mics had been ordered? All the usual logistics. And looking at the news feeds, it suddenly became clear that there was a story that was completely opposite to Mobile World, and that was the story of the phone hacking, and that the person opening up that story was uh, the lawyer for the Dowler family, and in fact, somebody who has led the debate. Um, about phone hacking and made the case for legal action in relation to phone hacking, and that's Mark Lewis. And completely on a whim, thinking if you don't ask, you don't get, we tracked him down at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, sent him the link to the programme, the report, and said would he come. And I'm really surprised and delighted that he has come. So here to talk to us for 5 or 10 minutes and maybe take 5 or 10 minutes' questions is Mark Lewis. Thank you.
1: The trouble with speaking to you all at this time isn't about availability or anything. It's that when you speak to you, you turn your mobile phone off. And when you turn your mobile phone off, someone could be listening to your messages. When you're out of the office to speak to you, someone can be hacking into your computer. And they can look at your emails. And that's the world that we live in now for, in terms of security. And that's really what you're, you're dealing with. Because everything you do, whether you're talking about Facebook, whether you're talking about Twitter, it can be looked at. And that is the real problem. Now, I'm dealing with one side in respect of newspapers. And newspapers are news gathering, and instead of good old fashioned journalists going and knocking on doors, they just stay at the desk and they listen and listen into your private information. And then use the extent of social networking and saying, well, this is the right for people to know. But everybody has, I think, the right for private information. And I I don't actually care who you are, that you will say to yourself, there are things about me that are private. However much anyone is in favor of free speech, and I think we all generally are in favor of free speech, it's free speech until something happens to you. Now, yesterday was perhaps the most awful case because until then, the agenda that had been put out on the phone hacking story was this was just a bunch of celebrities and jokes were circulating like Jordan who's suing the news of the world for hacking her phone. Well, for not hacking her phone, and that's why she was very upset about it. (laughs) Now, that's easy to put out. And then you have something, a very serious situation. And then you have the the Millie Dowler's of this world and the Dowler family and I've been doing this this job for a long time and to sit down with someone like Sally Dowler and for her to tell you that she had hope, a hope raised because when her daughter went missing and people phoned up, they phoned up a voicemail and it blocked the voicemails and you know when a voicemail has received so many messages And a message is given out to people who call. And it says something like, sorry, the person you called the voicemails full. please try again later. And of course, missing teenage girl gets lots and lots of calls from people. Please phone me. You don't have to phone your mum. You don't have to phone your dad. You don't have to phone your sister. Just let us know if you're all right. And of course, you have the mum phoning up as one of the people who leaves the message. You have the dad phoning up, you have families and friends phoning up. And of course they all get this recorded message, please try again later. And then the messages go, they're clear. The mum can leave a new message. And that is a message that tells the mum that her daughter is probably still alive and can still take calls. She's deleted messages on her voicemail. And that is what is wrong with everything. And that's what moves all phone hacking stuff away from, oh well, there's only celebrities, it's only sports people. This is one of the most serious issues that we're facing. And this is why there's a parliamentary debate this afternoon. This is why there's a House of Lords um, committee calling for a public inquiry. And lawyers can, can be blamed because civil lawyers, we're, we bring claims on behalf of people whose privacy was invaded. And all we can do is we can take money for people. That's a, that's that's all we can do. We can't we can't get to the truth of anything. If if I pursue a claim for one of you, and you get to um, a reasonable offer, if you don't accept that offer, then you're at risk of paying the legal costs for not accepting a reasonable offer. So the truth never comes out. If there is a criminal charge, and at the moment there are no criminal charges pending, although there's an Operation Wheating that's going on 2011. The Metropolitan Police have started investigating things that they should have investigated, I say, in 2006, in relation to things that happened years earlier. People can plead guilty, and if they plead guilty, the truth never gets out. If they plead guilty, even if they plead not guilty, the police are not going to bring charges in respect of every single item of hacking into a phone. So what's going to be called for this afternoon is a full-scale judicial inquiry. Now, a lot of people had said in the past, well, this is only celebrities and sports people, so we do not need to know. This is a waste of time. But if you see, even yesterday, in the tabloid press, the front pages, nothing was said about any phone hacking. You might have thought that they would have covered something like Millie Dowler's phone being hacked. Not a not parent's phone being hacked, but her phone being hacked. This morning, you should read the front cover of The Sun. They have a £20 lottery for IVF treatment. Every other tabloid newspaper is covering the story. But The Sun and News International does not cover the story at all. And that's where you have to watch out, because the real, real effect of, of tabloid journalism if you can call it journalism, is it stops people getting opinions. And if you're wondering what the connection between IVF and politics is, you just have to remember 1992 headline on the front page of The Sun, it was The Sun what won it. They won a general election. The power in this country, the power of the press, the power to determine who governs the country. Thank you.
0: ask, have you had any dealings with News International or indeed other newspapers since you came, went public yesterday with the um, revelations about the Dowler fa- phone hacking? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, ov- obviously, um, situations um, move on. News International have indicated that they're taking it very seriously. Your Rebecca Brooks, the managing editor, ha- has written to the Dowler family um, saying this is a very shocking thing, but she wants to get to the bottom of it and she can't make any comment. From a lawyer's point of view, one, one doesn't really know what what the position is that she has to investigate, because either she knew or she didn't know. She was editor at the, of the News of the World at the time. She should have e- either known what was happening and, and therefore been in control of her staff, and if she knew what was happening, then she should ri- resign. I would say, because it was completely unethical. Or she didn't know, in which case I think she was incompetent and ought to resign from her job.
0: But Am I right that you've represented other people who've brought cases on hacking to other newspapers? Or is it only News International that your your sites are trained on?
1: At the the moment, right. It's not that other newspapers weren't doing it, and there are instructions in respect of other newspapers. The News of the World was very unlucky... And the reason that they were unlucky is because they employed an inquiry agent called Glen Mulcair, and he wrote everything down. And the police happened to raid his house and raid his offices and find it all written down. So there was evidence. Most inquiry agents, most investigators, do not write things down, do not put paper in there. And therefore, if you raid their house, they'll say... Wasn't me, didn't do anything. But
0: these other cases, are they all in the public domain, the cases against other papers that you're representing, or not yet?
1: Most cases, I would say, aren't in the public domain. But uh, there are other
0: newspapers and other newspaper groups? uh,
1: uh, Claims claims have been intimated in respect of other newspaper groups and other newspapers, but I I, I can't go into more details uh, than that.
0: And my final question before we open it to the floor is, do you envisage any kind of class action...
1: Further class action? Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a class action in, in the sense that there would be in, in America. There, is, um, there are a group of people who have lots of individual claims, and lots of. There might be a common thread in terms of some of the points that um, people want to raise, but there are so many different strands to, to things to find out different periods of time, different publications, different extents of intrusion into their lives. and. I suppose what we need to step back about is it's not just about phone hacking, which might be the, the buzzword, but there were so many other things. There were so many other bits of private information. Uh, we talk about it in our vernacular, blagging, where you'd phone, where an investigator or a journalist would phone up somebody, a school, a government body, a, a medical receptionist, and pretend to be a doctor or pretend to be the person and say, "Can you please send me information?" Could you have the post redirected? You know, good old-fashioned post. Whatever you do, people people have a trade in confidential information where they steal it. And there's no other word for it. And the extent of the theft is is really what makes the major difference. So, so, you know, stealing something that um, isn't worth very much is, is one thing. Stealing something that is like a teenage girl's you know uh, the the um, possibly the way of finding her the, the the mother's hope that that's um that's a big factor
0: thank you i'm going to take a couple of comments and if you could say who you are but joy hello joy Lidico from the evening standard can i ask you it's quite a uh, specific question um, on the 24th of March, John Yates, the Assistant Commissioner, went before Parliamentary Select Committee and he was asked by Tom Watson if he about the suggestion that uh, the family and friends of Millie Dowler and the uh, two girls from Soham uh, were involved in phone hacking. And he said, uh, "We are not aware of any aspect of that case. I wondered at what point the Met Police actually told you um, about the uh, phone hacking of Millie Dowler and if you knew how long they'd been investigating.
1: Uh, I'm sure John Yates wasn't aware of it. I mean, he might have been told about it, but I'm sure he wasn't aware of it. I've got to be very careful about John Yates because John Yates uh, got Carter Rack to write to me for what I've suggested last time uh, about him. So that being said, we have the Assistant Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police making that comment in March. The Dowler family were notified in April that their daughter's phone was hacked. Now... I think you have to ask that question to John Yates as to why he was prepared to go on the record without looking through the paper. This is an assistant commissioner of the police who, the, the initial investigation was under the command of assistant commissioner Andy Heyman. Uh, you'll know Andy Heyman because he now works for the Times and wrote a leader in the News of the World which justified the initial investigation and said, not a stain was left unturned. This is a man who didn't find the quarry. Now, what happens is John Yates was told, the the Guardian ran a story in July the 9th saying about the settlement of the Gordon Taylor action and, and the cover-up. John Yates managed to reinvestigate the Andy Heyman investigation and rush out a statement in nine, nine hours, 24 hours, something like that, to say he was satisfied that the initial investigation was proper, that it also effectively reaffirming that not a stone was left unturned, that it had investigated everything. Mark year, is prepared to answer a question <coughs> to a select committee, but he says he didn't get the right information.
0: Thank you. Can we have um, now uh, Thompson Reuters, and then we'll go over to Derek Ward. Jodie Ginsberg from um, Reuters I wonder, you talk about the fact that today in the sun there's a story about IVF and and strangely nothing at all about yesterday's phone hacking story and I just wondered if you could take that a little bit further and and talk about how you think that influence is being used regarding the police and regarding um, the political classes because it's obviously striking that the police didn't find anything at all until very recently and that politicians have shied away in the past from talking about something that's discussed quite openly in closed doors. And I just wondered whether you could talk about what your sense is about how News Corp, News International use their influence to stop this kind of information or this debate being investigated by the police or being discussed in in Parliament.
1: Well, I think we have a a huge, huge problem as a democracy. In, In a number of respects. I mean, one, it's actually sick that the IVF, that this son is telling people like the Downers how they could have a daughter. And I'm sure they haven't thought it through. But the, you know, there was a story about a missing child, and, and yet they're talking about IVF treatment on the front of a newspaper. It's actually actually sick uh, standards. But then you go on to you go on to it. There was no debate in newspapers. They t- they turned away from it. Even the Times now says in its leader column today, it, yesterday was a turning point. It had to, it had a watershed moment, it had to um, stand up and say, and say something. Right. Par- Parliament, politicians are scared.
0: Thank you. Final point, please. Derek.
1: Uh, Derek Wyatt, I'm a recovering politician. Um, we, we got whacked for expenses and the public still don't really trust us. This time it's reversed for the very first time after yesterday the public are incensed as what's happened but they don't want an inquiry that's going to last two and a half years thanks they really do want rather something rather quicker have you got any suggestions for for politicians because they're going to be debating what kind of investigation this afternoon but if we have a Royal Commission if we have you know some great judge do it this is just going to be buried well, one would hope it, it isn't going to be buried. I mean, it, it comes to something when people end up having to trust a lawyer. Now, <laughs> the, the position when you have yesterday, I think, was a perfect example of why we have a second, a second house, an unelected house that is able to. You know, and I'd never appreciated it before. But you see, when I, I gave evidence to a select committee, the Uh, uh, at the start of all this because that was, I was threatened with being sued by News of the World because I'd gone off and said um, this had happened and um, this story had had got out. I I got defamed by Baroness Buscombe of the Press Complaints Commission. Now what we have in the, we have in a position is that people were scared and when I gave evidence to the Select Committee, which is really the point, is people came to me, members of Parliament, came to me afterwards and said, gosh, you were so brave saying that about Rupert Murdoch. You were so brave. And all I can say is I I thought, well, you know what? You're the people who declare war in my name. I'm not the one who's meant to be brave. It's you are.
0: Thank you. Well, uh, thank you for that very instructive talk. Uh, Thank Mark Lewis very much indeed.